to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Madgett. With me is ex-MLS goalkeeper Patrick McLean. What's up? I love always saying that every time because it makes me feel like I'm legitimate because I'm next to people that actually played at <laughs> such a high level. And still with us right now, uh, because we just recorded the first episode, is uh, 99 World Cup champion Saskia Weber. Hey, uh, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, I was reconsidering it. <laughs> <laughs> after, after the way I ended that last episode, that was a... Uh, I did not mean it that way. That that was a that was a terrible terrible. I'm, I feel I'm, like it's gonna be all over the internet though. It's just gonna go viral, and everyone's just gonna be like, it's gonna be like one of those like um, what are they called with the clickbait type of things? Like you know like, you know host uh. You know, how you know. many different ways can the host put yeah, his foot in his mouth? Exactly, <laughs> something like that. Um, like I like I said earlier, we were gonna split up the episode into two ways. Uh, we had so much to talk about with organization. We really wanted to get into those listener questions. Because we had to re-record from last week's episode, a lot has happened since then. Rather than regurgitate some of the information that happened with Champions League and MLS, you know, we want to move on into kind of this week's events and goalkeeping. So uh, this whole episode is just going to be chock full of highlights. And like I was saying earlier, guys, uh, even if you, you know, don't uh, watch a specific league or whatever, you can learn a lot from us breaking down these different games and stuff. It's not like Sports Center where we're just showing a top hand save type of a thing. Uh, we're really gonna get in depth into this. And so uh, make sure that you see chart these uh, highlights that we get. So uh, let's get into this, guys. You guys ready? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I just wanna say the cool thing is you have all this information on your phone. So you can literally go to YouTube and watch exactly what we're talking about yep. and see what we're breaking down like step for step. Yeah. So if I'm not saying you got to do that, but that's kind of how I would do it. If yeah. you have a uh, growth mindset, like we were talking about in the in, in the last episode. Oh, Isabel's uh, for sure gonna do that. I Are hope you kidding? so. Yeah, it might be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into MLS first stuff. Uh, MLS uh, Cup is set. Uh, we got a rematch here: Seattle, Toronto. Uh, I didn't see this happening. Did you? I honestly didn't either? Yeah. No, I, I I fully expected an LAFC Atlanta expansion. <laughs> full full expansion like yeah. final yeah yeah no I totally agree absolutely I this was a surprise and you know honestly um you know n nothing to take away from the the fans you know over in Seattle and Toronto and you guys have done a great job really building absolutely. especially what what you've done you know Toronto had so many lean years before they started getting really good and the fans were still supportive the entire time uh the Pacific Northwest just on the on the men and women's side both just another level it, another yeah. level yeah. in regards to the fans but uh LAFC in Atlanta had really taken it. I mean, you know, you're talking about 72,000 fans in Atlanta consistently. LAFC, that environment is one of the greatest I've ever seen in American uh, soccer uh, it, ever. It's right. fun, and the stadium's just phenomenal, intimate. But man, those fans are those <laughs> fans are intense. Oh my gosh, those what's, three to five too. What's awesome is I feel like just about every expansion team that we have, like they they keep raising the bar. It's like. Yeah, we got to be better fans than right, right. than the the last one. It'll so. be interesting to see Sacramento then. Oh yeah, yeah Sac, Sac what right. up? Sacramento <laughs> coming in. We got Austin coming in. St. Louis coming in. Now we got Louisville coming on the women's side too. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be awesome. And what I really love about Louisville coming in on the women's side, and this is like a completely different podcast now than the weekend goalkeeping. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to talk about it. It's like, is that current, it's, current it's, events. it's not an MLS city. It's a, right. it's a city that doesn't have any professional teams at all. And so this NWSL team really gets to kind of spread its wings and be kind of the professional sports franchise in the Absolutely. city which is just so cool to see. Um, all right, let's move into the first game. Uh, I, I want to talk about LAFC um, against uh, Seattle Sounders. We just uh, talked about it. I didn't realize this at the time. Um, shout out to Tyler Miller. Um, 
a friend of the show who apparently uh, had to be evacuated. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar who, who are watching right now, but uh, there have been some fires in, in Southern California that we've all been dealing with. That's one of the reasons why it's been tough for us to get to recording. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers to anybody who's been dealing with that uh, out there with the California wildfires. But uh, to totally. have to play a Western Conference final, you know, while being evacuated, that's got to be difficult, Patrick, right? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, as much as... We like to act like we're <laughs> unfazed by all these things that go on in our lives. And while we've talked about it before, stepping on that field is kind of a sanctuary for a lot of us. Like, it's hard not to be affected by these really significant things that are going on. I mean, being evacuated from your home, you, like, that's that's scary for whatever you do. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't just switch off. You don't... S- just stop being a human because you you step across that line. I mean, there should be some mental transition that you undergo, but. That's a tough one. I mean, like I I didn't realize it either until you had told me that you got evacuated and it's, uh, you know, whether it's, it was really rough here. Like it's scary. And for him to have to walk onto that field, not knowing if he's going, going back to a home, um, seeing, you can see the smoke from the stadium. Um, and everything, that's tough. And so I didn't realize it as well. I know I, th- I had made the comment that I thought he had kind of a rough game. Um, so knowing that, it makes, it makes some more sense. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's kind of get in, into this game right now. I want to talk about Stefan Fry, who uh, is going to the MLS Cup again. Um, obviously, he's, he's you know, has one of the most iconic saves in MLS Cup history ever. Yeah, great From save. the reach back, you know, on Josie Altidore. Yeah. Um, but I, I, want, I want to talk about what he did in this game. Didn't have to come up with a lot of saves. Uh, Seattle kind of, their whole game plan was basically to disrupt LAFC's flow. I think Carlos Vela had 17 guys <laughs> on him at one time. It was the, just the fan, The fans were chipping in. Yeah, the, yeah. literally the, the, the sound supporters that had come down had uh, chipped in. Uh, so I want to go into the 18, 1854. Uh, Brian Rodriguez dribbles towards near post and unleashes a blast with movement that Stefan Fry parries into a rough space, but he's able to hit it far enough and recover deep enough to position for the next play. Now he holds his post rather than comes out on it, and I think this is a great save. We're just going to watch this real quick so everyone can kind of see this, but I love when people hold posts like this, as opposed Absolutely. to try to try to try to um, you know gain a little more ground than you need to. And a lot of people were saying, "Oh, like, oh, well, that's that spill right there, you know, into the middle." Yes, but you don't realize how fast that ball was coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And based on that movement, he's able to at least push it aside and then be able to make that recovery step deep, so he's in position for the next shot. Right. right? Now this is this is honestly like. This is pretty brilliant from him in the sense that you are you're you're essentially you're baiting this forward to hit it exactly where you want them to hit it because you're taking away all other options. Mm -hmm. So he knows even before this guy hits it that exactly where he's going to go, essentially, and he's setting it up to favor himself. And we talk about this all the time. The parry that he does has enough. Uh, velocity on it that nobody's immediately able to get on the end of it so out of danger exactly and if you if you go back to our organization comment in the last episode his defense is organized you know there is no choice to really try to slot that ball is like threading it so I think he made it obvious that he was going to go near post with it and when that happens from that get something on the ball any run coming in, everything is disrupted because of that parry, because of that ball. So now your uh, um, first attackers, waves that are coming in, the ball's past them. 
gives you time to recover, and your defense can clear. So yep. I thought it was a great save. Fans, go on there and watch this save at 1854 because you'll notice three Seattle defenders yep. all in position for that second ball rebound. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to be in a bad situation right here. If they right. don't clear that ball, uh, you know, he still has clear view right. for that next shot. Uh, he's in right position. And if that ball does rebound in a place, they can clear that ball real quickly. And you know what I like also in, in his positioning? He's a half step past, past near post instead of too deep in, in near post. Totally. And, he, d and he, doesn't, he doesn't bite. Like he doesn't, he waits for that shot. He waits for it. I always that's a, that's, yeah, that's a great point because if you go even a fraction of a second too early here, the, f the, the forward's going to shelf that. Absolutely. And, and you see it happen all the time. They go just a little bit too early, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what this player is waiting for, this attacking player. He's waiting for you to lean, to drop your shoulder just enough just that he can smash that into your yep. near post. Yep. Absolutely. And, and one thing I always like to tell young goalkeepers is that if you're too deep inside your near post, the pace of that shot is already going to put you negative, and you're right. already taking – this basically the di direction, the flight of the ball is now going into the goal mm -hmm. rather than outside the goal. So you're better to cheat shoulders forward, just cheat mm -hmm. weight forward, uh, because now you're in a position that even if you end up going negative because of the speed of the shot, it still goes out of bounds. Absolutely. What I also like about this, and we don't have to <laughs> spend our, yeah. our entire time talking about this save, but it, yeah. it is interesting because how many times do you see a goalkeeper bum rush this guy as soon as he 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 gets past that defender and then it just becomes yeah. an easy slot to an oncoming forward right he noticed but he recognized where his defenders were he, there was no reason for him to come off the post yep no reason after he be, the attacker beat um, his defense there's no reason cuz he had the support there stay yep stands his ground yep. Now the, now, the rest of the saves were pretty routine. Um, you know, there was the Vela from distance, Segura close in, all pocket kind of contained and handled. Um, let's let's kind of talk about what we think about Stefan Fry coming into the MLS Cup final, you know, on-form goalkeeper. Um, do we expect big things from him against, uh, against a Toronto team again type of a thing? Yeah, I think this will be a, a really cool goalkeeper showdown because, and we'll talk about, it later, but Toronto's goalkeeper's on fire right now too. So I think this is gonna be, this is gonna be everything that you want in a final, Absolutely. really. Because <laughs> and watch, I'll build it up and I'll just, be like, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully that's not how it goes. Um, I I I think uh, I do want to give a shout out to Tyler Miller though. Um, you know, obviously a lot going on in his life. Um, he tried to keep them in the game uh, in the 92nd minute. Uh, you know, plus time. Solid foot 1v1 save in the 92nd on Rui Diaz, who played a great ball, uh, over to uh, Nuhu Tolo. And Tolo, kind of a right shooter shot from the center of the box, uh, just kind of a simple kick save. And I think this is one of the things that we talk about a lot of times is that, you know, sometimes it's better just to hold your ground than to go down too early. Right. And, you know, and he hells ground, balls, hits off him, nice solid foot save. And for those goalkeeper coaches out there who get mad when, when goalkeepers make foot saves, understand sometimes – the speed of the ball is such that that's the closest, that's the closest basic appendage to the shot, and you're better off going with the closest appendage rather than trying to get your hands down. There I mean, I always say keep the ball out of the net. Bottom yeah. line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can tweak things later. Yeah. But it, if it's not in the back of the net, it's not in the back of the net. Use yeah. Your, use your ear for all I care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and we're not we're not here to um, make excuses for anybody. And I honestly, I don't think there's enough in any of these goals 
to need to make an excuse for Tyler. I mean, honestly, and people can disagree with me. I thought Ru- Diaz, Rui Diaz hit a worldie. I mean, that, you know. people don't understand sometimes how big that goal is. And while the pace of that shot might not necessarily be what you expect when giving up a goal, sometimes it's the the forwards are just smart enough. And Rui Diaz, <laughs> he strikes me as one of these guys they can just put it just outside your yeah. reach. And it's crazy because uh, Juan Pablo on hell used to do this to me in training at Chivas Use all the time. He would get balls on top of the box and he would just side foot them into the right spots. <laughs> and I would get so frustrated so because literally nothing you could do. Because I would all right, all right. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna go higher. He's not gonna have as much to shoot at. Does the same thing. Okay, I'm gonna start lower, try to give myself more time to get to the ball. Does the same thing. And it's like, ah, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know how to solve this. Yeah. And, and honestly, like the first time I watched it, I was like, man, that's, that's a tough one. But as I watched it more and more, I'm like, he just, he hits this better than you think. Yeah. And on the one, on the first goal, is he, is Tyler leaning a little bit? Yeah. But <laughs> the guy breaks through for a, a, a first time shot inside the 18, like, Chances are, if that's not in your window, he's he's hammering that home, which he did, yeah. and uh, and I think Tyler's had an awesome season. Yeah. So, I don't think there's anything in this game that would take away from the sort of season that he had. And he he's, I mean, as we were talking about this earlier, I was thinking, you know, he also used to play for Seattle, so there was probably some oh, increased incentive, right? You know, that's there a, too. That's so right. I didn't even think about that. Um. Let's uh let's move on to the uh, to Eastern final because there's been a lot of talk about this and by the way insiders out there who've been uh, sending in your your comments in regards to the Brad Guzan situation on on that goal right there thank you so much uh, a lot of really great information and I love to seeing you know young goalkeeper coaches and even older goalkeeper coaches chiming in and even goalkeepers chiming in on on their thoughts in regards to what your defender should do in that situation what you feel personally uh, good about but I want to start with Quentin Westberg because Quentin Westberg came in as kind of an afterthought at Toronto. Uh, took over and became the number one um, uh, for Toronto, and then he's had a phenomenal season. Um, and he culminates with, in the 10th minute, penalty kick drawn by Michael Bradley, Joseph Martinez, the Venezuelan Iceman himself, up at the PK spot, and you're just assuming this is going in the net. Uh, but Westbrook had something to say about this. Um, you know, at first I thought, oh, you know what? You know, Martinez probably could have hit it better, but no, honestly. It's a great save. Great save because he takes a quick lateral step and then pushes off. But you have to, you have to add in the velocity of it. Yeah. It's, it's a great save. Yeah. Honestly, though, so. <laughs> I, I, Patrick's like, I would have made that save. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying if you, if you actually take the time to study Martinez's PKs, which I'm sure Westberg did, yeah. he yeah. has – two very specific run-ups mm-hmm. and he changes them based on which side he's going to. Oh yes. And yeah. so it becomes very predictable which side he wants. And I agree. The other, goal I, ke- the I other goalkeepers out there are going to like, like did, oh, did, I got to cut no, this guy's throat because did he's you guys telling do, us did this. Did you guys do that with Chicago? All the, all the time. I where he was going. I yeah. think he makes it very, I think he, does. he makes it very obvious. He does. With and, his run. And but it's still a great save. I mean, you can tell <laughs> you can tell that Westberg did his homework yeah. because there's this he does this little like hop anytime that he's going to his right. right. Mm-hmm. He does yeah. this little hop yep. and then he waits and then he slots it right. There's the hop. Yep. 
but hop. But getting that hand down. That's the tough part. That's the tough part. That, that low still, hand like that. Yeah. He's still got that hand down. Yeah, yeah, and it's on turf. Solid. It's on turf, which is, it makes it at least 25% harder, in right. my opinion, yeah. to, to make that low save. Because that, that ball's coming just a fraction of a second faster than you think it's going to come. Yeah. It must be nice to play in leagues that don't just play in turf. <laughs> it must be amazing. I mean, this turf is really fast, too. Like, I, I played there last year, and it was like, first of all, you can't hear anything. So communication, like we just spent all the time talking about, you can maybe communicate <laughs> from here to, to, to our, camera, our camera lady. Like, that's, that's about as much range as you have. It's like playing in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Well, that's a whole different and it's, level yeah. well, of com- communication. Yeah. What you don't see, too, is that it's all enclosed. So, like, there's barely – all this sound just gets – so it's like it's complete. I like the sound effects. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the sound effects are solid. Um, let's move on. Thanks, let's, guys. let's talk about in the 36th minute. Uh, Martinez uh, plays a great square ball to, to Gressel. And Julian Gressel dribbles towards the near post. He hits the ball clean, and Westbrook parries it out of bounds, disallowing that second ball. I always say in this situation – you always err towards, you know, safety over trying to keep that ball in play. I think, again, like, like the, um, the clip we saw before, I like his positioning on this. I think he's half a step pat in front of your near post. He's not in the goal. I think that changes the type of save he can make in this situation. Um, and he's strong. He's solid. He stands up, and he holds his ground. Again, yep. you can bite on this. You, yeah. Yep. You can easily bite on that. But it's a, it's a solid save. Yeah. Also, look at look at the way that ball was hit. It, it was hit direct mm-hmm. in towards post. So if he doesn't make that quick swipe across like that, you see the physical movements I'm going with that swipe across <laughs> like that. Look at that and watch um, that. That possibly hits the post. Yeah. Um, and now you're talking about a mad scramble. Now now you're talking about a bad situation. So um, yeah. Also, what I really like about this play is you see his defenders, and they're so specific about what they cut off. Like if. If he tries to hit this far post, it's going straight into his defender. Exactly. And so he can he can predict where this is going to go based on the positioning of those around him. Yeah. Yeah, which is Yeah, he knows that with those guys there this is the that is the only window shot that is available. Yep. Look at how organized Toronto is yeah. right there. There's no slotted ball. Nobody if uh, they, if he pulls it back and slots it, nobody's open. So this he has to take that shot. Yeah. That's his only option. Yeah. Yeah. And and if he goes early, Maybe that ends up in the goal, but he's super decisive. He yeah. he does the right things. He's in the right spot. I mean, it's a, it's a solid save. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to talk about this play because we've we've had some disagreements in regards to into this situation. I thought it was a a pretty cool play. Um, you know, some some of you guys you know had had a different thought on it, and, and I'm talking about immediately right after this. Ezekiel Barco plays an in swinging dangerous ball towards Martinez. Westberg reads it right then makes the decision to just get a touch and play line um, rather than, you know, trying to hold on to it. Um, yeah, w- both of you guys had, had a good point in regards to, I think it might have been Saskia who said, she likes the fact that he held rather than tried to approach it first. Um, and then he reacted, um, but that you guys both felt he could have been a little cleaner cleaner on that. Yeah, I think, I, I know we both thought I would have gone two hands. And yeah. I think it could have been cleaner on it. I mean... It's Listen, that's yeah, 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 that's yeah. being <laughs> okay, okay. yeah. All right. It's being incredibly picky. Okay, okay. Um, it might it might be better to like break down Guzan. Okay, the goals so let's l- okay, Guzan. so let's let's talk about that because that's the one that I put up on Twitter and uh, and I thought that 
it was important. The second I saw this happen, I said, you know what? This is a teachable moment, um, whether it's for a goalkeeper or whether it's for a goalkeeper coach or defenders. Um, why is my thing getting tangled again? This is the worst. Because you twist it. Oh, because I twist yeah, it. Yeah, okay. you twist. Okay. That, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be careful about that. Um, okay, so let's let's we're, talk we're about this. Let's go into uh, let's go into that goal right here, and let's let's watch it again if we if we can. Uh, Brad Guzan. Is this the first one or the second one? This is the second goal. This okay. is the one in the seventy seventh. We should minute. talk about the first one too. You to want to talk honest. about the first one? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All because right. I think that that really plays into okay. what we're talking about in terms okay. of organization. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the one in the twelfth minute because this is early on, and this is after Westberg made that that PK save. Um, so let's uh, let's play this one right here. Why is it not playing? Uh, play, click. <laughs> of course not. Why? Why? Why would it? Why would it? Why would it come in now? Well, that would be weird. Um, okay. Wait, am I recording? Oh no, now I'm recording. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing here. So, so for those of you who have the the play up, I mean, he, he's coming from a kind of a dramatic angle, and he's hitting a shot into the far corner, right? And what I like here is the defenders around him actually make it predictable for mm -hmm. Guzan, but Guzan doesn't bite on it. He, he doesn't take that, that extra fraction of a step, so to speak, to make the necessary play on this one. Right. Here it is right here. Okay. Yeah. So we got it up now. Okay. Here it comes in. Look at that. Okay. So as he cuts in here, Ooh, yeah, the, the so team around him actually makes it predictable for him. He's not, and it's what we talked about with, he's not a step ahead. He's not that, that split second ahead reading the game. Wh what's the only shot? What is the option here? And getting, and it's, it, there's a difference in like reading it properly and getting a quick explosion or a step and, and cheating, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and over reading it. Um, the only thing I can think it's a is good, it's a good hit though. It's a, good hit. It's he's got to save this. Ball. Maybe his window is is slightly uh, just yeah. Okay. I just think he, I think he has to make that in. save. I think he does. I I mean that's it. That shot's from too far out, going far post. Whether he's a little bit too deep, it takes uh, a bounce uh, on the turf. Yeah, but still, I think this here's here's my thing. It's a saveable ball. And I, I hate to compare apples to oranges, but like boom, and he's too far near post. Nick, Nick Romando makes a save. Absolutely, yeah. but I also think Guzan is too too is he should be another step off his line, and I think he's a little bit too far near post. And with that that angle, that that far post shuts down. To <laughs> to Guzan's credit, though, also here, I mean, look at how this shot is hit. Like he hits this as well as he can. Absolutely. I mean, with the exception of going to like a top corner and hitting this very same shot. He hits this in a way where not only is it bending back into the post, but it's dropping at the same time. Right. So he has to actually catch this at the most precise moment right. possible. And I think ball all these the factors. Was that Bradley that played that ball over the top? Boom. But when you look, look at his positioning. And Pozzello. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's, See, he's super he's, heavy. And his set is to the right. Yeah. So it's it's to the opposite post. And I think that's what, look, you yeah, can see that frustration knows. right there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's go on to the one in the seventy seventh. This is the one I really want to break down here yeah, because this is a good one. I, I feel, I mean, this is this is amazing because like you know we're talking about, <laughs> it's just a very simple square ball by Pozuelo, and then Nick De Leon, I mean, dude, he's literally doing the Nutcracker suite like he's pirouetting everywhere. No, I, it and was they just stop. 
it it's so ridiculous what happened defensively in this. <laughs> yeah. I thought like they blew the whistle. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, did did I not yeah. hear a whistle? His entire center defense stopped. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like a youth game, like a youth game where a guy could gets a lot that much time to separate and just dribble around like that because like they literally just stopped as if they were watching the watching the play. And you said you thought there was probably I'm mean, obviously there's a miscommunication. Absolutely, here. there's a miscommunication but here because look how simple. But error on the side of caution. Somebody go to the ball. Yeah, you're almost in the 80th minute. Ball from the top of the 18 on the side. Just a simple square ball. Dude at the top of the 18. One, two, three. You have three players. Everybody stops. Four. They stop. It literally looks Uh like the whistle was blown. Everybody stop. Yeah. I thought the whistle was blown. I told you if that was me in goal, I would have we would have been having yeah. some conversation. I mean, it was a great hit by De Leon. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. mean, it was to the top corner and everything like that. I feel if Guzan from that distance had had sight, he makes a play on that on that shot. I don't shot. agree with that. I think okay. he had sight because yeah, nobody was defending. Okay. I think he had a window for I sure. I think he definitely had a window. I think we had talked about that lack of explosion. Yeah. I think he doesn't he goes down, he goes he goes across for the ball. Look, he d- doesn't you think it was even flat there. He's so totally flat. Um, that's not really his specialty. Like his yeah. specialty is is being very very strategic about how he uses the size of his body, right. and that's that's more so his game than necessarily like these crazy flying acrobatic saves. Like he's just not that. I, I don't expect crazy flying acrobatic, but I expect but that's maybe that w- an extra step with some power. Oh well, yeah, that's what was required yeah. there. Is right. that is that that little that bit pop. extra yeah. pop? Yeah. And and we're we're being really harsh on Guzan, who just got <laughs> called into the national team, and he's obviously doing a lot of the right things. He's multi, I met him at multi MLS million million. He was like a ridiculously <laughs> nice I mean, guy too, like so I feel bad. Like he is a great but guy. But we have to break these things down. This could be any other goalkeeper too. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. him. It's no, like, it's true. But we want to break these things down so you can understand what we see and if you're in this situation, how to fix it. Number one, make sure somebody puts Steps pressure on the ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean. Not to take anything away from this hit because they hit it it's well, great, yeah. Yeah. like they hit it well. But you know that's what is that, thirty plus out? Oh yeah, way. I mean, and he had his and he saw it. Yeah, and, and granted, guys can rip the, <laughs> rip the. But I think I still want a dude stepping to that ball. I still want to step into that ball. Absolutely, but if nobody's stepping, then you saw the shot the whole way. Uh, what I was gonna ask actually, Sasuke, what would you say in that in that? Uh, after that moment, like, what would you bring your team I in and I'd say? My t- I, I, my, I'd say I'd pick out those three. I'd say um, whoever I called that didn't react or anything, I'd be like, you have to step for that ball. Right. We cannot give them free shots from the top from the top of the arc. It's unacceptable. And and everybody knows it. I mean, there's no reason in the situation. There's no reason to like rip into somebody. Right. In a sense, they know they made a mistake, but let's not make it again. Yeah. I mean, I know it's the 80th something minute, but. It's got to be. It's something's got to be said there because if nobody's picking up, if this were to happen again, oh my gosh. And honestly, that's why I ask because I think this is such an important teachable moment. Is how do you how do you say this in a way that doesn't deflate your team right. but encourages them to? I, I think with this time where it, you are in the game, I think it's it, it's kind of like a positive. <laughs> Positive reinforcement with negative undertones. <laughs> 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 like I would let them know that that was a huge mistake, but we have to pressure you. You just have to pressure that ball. Yeah, um, I mean, I I think you know the unfortunate thing about that is that this was the season. Absolutely. And that's that's the tough thing, and that's that's one of the thing a young goalkeeper out there. I want you guys to hear this is that you know sometimes it's 
one moment can can capture it. But I, Brad Guzan had a phenomenal season. In fact, yes. he was one of the the finalists for goalkeeper of the year that, that went to Vito Minone. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but you know. It's just, it's just, it's just. That's the game. That's the game, and and you have to live with it. And you know what? Hey, he's won. He's won an MLS Cup, so uh, yeah, he's doing okay. And he's done a lot of he's amazing a, yes, things. Yes, in his yes. I love how we feel bad. <laughs> no, I no, but no, I think that's the goalkeepers' union thing. It's we, like, yeah. we do. It's like we're we're critiquing you, but yeah, we think you're awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. so let let's move on to happier <laughs> things. Let's move on to the women's national team roster was released for the. First match post uh, Jalelis era uh, against Sweden next week, and uh, Vladko uh, Andonovsky's uh, first roster. And uh, I'm a little surprised, no Casey Murphy. Uh, we actually, a couple weeks ago, actually, when we recorded last week, the yeah. episode that you guys never saw, uh, that uh, we, th- we expected her to be in this roster, and, uh, and she's not. Um, I still think she had a, a great season in, uh, in NWSL, and obviously maybe people were a little concerned about nepotism, you know, with... Uh, with, with, with him the, yeah, being the coach from Seattle and stuff, but can't do that now. Insider Aubrey Bledsoe, shout out to our friend Aubrey Bledsoe. First call, I mean, this is just awesome. Congratulations, yeah, congrats. Call NWSL first eleven for 2019. She was goalkeeper of the month countless times. I been arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the United States for yeah. a while now, and I'm just so happy to see her in camp. We actually were messaging a little bit earlier before the uh, the podcast uh, we started recording. Um, so apologies, Aubrey, if you've if you actually messaged me back while we're recording. That's <laughs> why I'm not getting back to you right now. You know, I know you're big time now, so I I'm not, I don't want to bother you all the time. Um, but uh, I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about this new cycle uh, for the United States. I think we've got a great pool of, of, of women Absolutely. out there and um, you know um, I just kind of want to say you know I think Aubrey technically she's clean uh, she's athletic um, mm-hmm. she's not one of these goalkeepers that's that's going to be a robot and like okay well this is the only way I can do it she's gonna be improvisational in the game and that's what I love to see you know yeah. Patrick I know you're a big big fan of that yeah know? yeah I love when people are thinking outside the box I mean if you if you think you can deal with everything and just a, in what fits in this rigid small box that is a lot of people's understanding of goalkeeping you're just you're just you're limiting what is possible yeah yeah um Saskia what are your thoughts on Aubrey I think um I think she's got a great opportunity here I think that um that position's not solidified and I know that you know I know that you know Nair was a starting goalkeeper won the world cup Franchise in there and stuff like that. I said, but I just I've never felt secure with that goal that spot since Hope left, and um, I think she she can take it. She's just gotta she's gotta put she's gotta she's gotta show up. What what, what I like seeing is with Vlatko is that because he's coming from NWSL, right. he knows the league and he knows the players, and he's going to be willing to to take a look at players from the league rather than just going with players who've been in the national team pool consistently over the years. You know, I mean, no slout, nothing against Jane Campbell, you know, yeah, uh, or, or anything, but like she's, she's gotten a lot of call-ups and Aubrey's been there the entire time in NWSL but you too. Have, but you have to start utilizing um, the players in the league and stuff more. You can't just rely on you've been in the national team pool, your national team players. Number one, especially in the goalkeeper position, because how often do your backup goalkeepers play? And and when they do play and they're playing against B level teams, they're not getting any they're not getting any any game. They're they're just standing back there. Maybe one shot, maybe a, couple, a little bit of distribution. So these players that are stepping up in the NWSL, they're gonna make a difference. And I think especially for goalkeeping, 
because of the lack of play you get on the national team. And I think Nair, has, she's got to watch out. Yeah. Um, do you think it's a little – do you think Ashlyn Harris's time has kind of passed and, and she's kind of – you know, she's, what, 34 now? Is it is – well, yeah, I mean, I – I would say I, w I don't want to say anybody's time's passed, okay. especially as a goalkeeper. I okay. think Ashland's still playing really, really, really well. I think um, it's going to be interesting. It's a good pool, and there are people like right outside of it, like fighting a way to get in there. Yeah. And with him, they're going to get a chance. Yeah, that's how I it should like, be. Yeah, and yeah. Murphy, uh, Murphy, hang tight. You're really young, um, and you know, go Rockers. You're really, <laughs> you're really young. But you're definitely going to get a chance, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Casey's going to be definitely in the in that pool, and you know, I think Aubrey's going to get her shot too. But uh, again, you know, with Aubrey, obviously, she's a veteran professional goalkeeper, Correct. and and Casey Murphy is still very young in her professional career. And, and I still love the way she stepped up. I love what happened in the semifinal. I uh, that she she was so proactive. She was in there. She was stuck in from the minute the whistle blew. Yeah. And I think. That's going to get you there. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say I think Nair has – she's got to watch out a little bit because you know that I feel she's more of a reactive goalkeeper, not as proactive. Um, I feel she struggles with her positioning um, too far near post uh, on shots from inside the box. And so she gets beat low, far post, and it happens often. And so I think – and it's hard at this point to change it. Yeah. You know, and so close to the Olympics. Yeah. So I think – it's it's fun. We're in a great, like you said, it's a great time for goalkeeping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like, especially there, it seems like there's a lot of people who are able to do the job, and it's just going to be which lady steps up and really grabs the reins and shows that they're they're the one who's capable of taking us to the next <laughs> the next trophy. But I want see. I want gone are the times that like. Well, because you played against Brazil this time and that time and this time and that time, you're the starting goalkeeper. That's not how it I, should it be. Sh it shouldn't be like that because you don't sub goalkeepers. Yeah. It, it needs to be a battle all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's move on. I, I want to talk about, speaking of the next level, I want to talk about the U17 boys, you know, who have been in the World Cup right now. Uh, they just had their match against Japan, uh, which was a nil-nil draw. Um, I mean, it actually was a great result for the United States because Japan's a very, very good team. Uh just historically always have been very, very good, but really dangerous this year at the U-17 level. And uh, Chaturo Adunze uh, took over uh, as the starting keeper for this game. Damian Loss played the first game uh, to insider Damian Loss. Um, I hadn't seen a lot of Chaturo outside of highlights and outside of a little bit of youth youth matches, but the, the kid has grown to 6'8 now, Ooh. which is unreal. <laughs> unreal. Uh, he, he left Vancouver Whitecaps residency, and he's now at Leicester City. They've been producing some... Heat over there. I'm, I'm just yeah. gonna say, like, yeah, Alfonso Davies, yeah, Dunze, like, what? Do, what's in the like water in Vancouver? That's what's what I want to know. <laughs> I'd love to see you have him on the show. Yeah, have just you? <laughs> oh, oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna need a booster seat too. <laughs> I mean, you know, the craziest thing is, like, the craziest thing is, we don't know who's listening. Sometimes, <laughs> I straight up, we were talking about this one uh, goalkeeper in the English Premier League, and then I found out that he listened to the podcast. Oh, nice. That's 18 awesome. years old, Mark Travers from Bournemouth. Was listening to the podcast, and uh, then he got his shot uh, to get a to get a game in. You know, obviously a youth keeper and the youth academy keeper, but near the end of the EPL season, you know, they sometimes give those guys some some shots, and, and he got a game and he played fantastic. And then he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I listen to the show. Like, oh wow, it's crazy. So uh, maybe Big C is listening to the show. Maybe yeah, Damian I hope turned so. him on. Um, all right, let's break him down a little bit. Uh, first off, I want to bring up. 
we were talking about height, Nick Ramondo, size, and all that stuff. Um, is there too small? Is there too tall? Is there any sort of thing like that? I think we have to see how it develops. Yep. He's 16. Um, watching him, and you guys can see on the clips and everything, he, he obviously is very comfortable inside his body right now. It'll be interesting to see. It is very tall. And um, we don't have that many clips of somebody shooting low really on him. Um, and that obviously is where you want to go on a keeper that of that height. I also made the comment that I think it'll be interesting how his body fills out. Um, how <laughs> thick he gets. Yeah. You know, um, if, if, if he gets that Bill Hamid build. Yeah, if he like gets yeah. like big, yeah. that, that might slow him down yeah. a bit. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be it, we have to see. He's only sixteen. Yeah. I feel like or Tony Miola build <laughs> like bodybuilder style. Like <laughs> I was Tony Miola's the most massive goalkeeper. <laughs> what about Zach Thornton? Oh Zach Thornton. Yeah, oh Zach my Thornton. gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Zach. Shout out to Zach. <laughs> he's, he's an awesome dude. That's right, he's D C goalkeeper coach, right? Yeah, now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Did you pl- did you play with him? You know, I was hi, training Tony. I was hi, shout out to Tony then. Where is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was uh I was training with Chivas USA when I was still in college, and he was the starting goalkeeper, kind of in the transition between him and Dan Kennedy, like starting his reign at Chivas. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is this this kid is super comfortable. Like, he, he moves really, really well for somebody, anybody, his height. I which mean, well, is, you can't even tell he's that tall. No, yeah. we're, we're watching it. You said, you said, said I can't he, tell he's 6'8". You can't tell he's 6'8 because of how comfortable yeah. he moves. Because he moves super smooth. Like, I, we, we're, we're limited on the clips that we have of exactly. him. But some of the low shots that he's dealing with, like via a smother and stuff, those are situations that really... Are, are difficult, especially for goalkeepers with longer legs. And he's got long legs, right. and he's dealing with that like it's nothing. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this play right here. In the, in the uh, This is in the 77th, I believe it is, uh, or 72nd. But basically what happens is that there's a simple in-swinger um, from uh, Tamura from Japan, and uh, it's just a point-blank reaction, and he pushes the ball over the bar, um, and he keeps good shape. Um, I uh, personally, you were talking about it's like don't go don't go high on a it's still tall a good goalkeeper. Save. Don't go high on a tall goalkeeper. No, but it's still a good save. It's still yeah. a great save. It's still. I mean, you still have to move that six eight frame. That's a dangerous in swinger too. Look right? at that. So uh, like yeah. Look at that ball. With high, your reaction could be slower too. It's not. That's what's amazing about him. And yeah. honestly, his positioning in that in that ball that we just watched is really good. Look at that like position way right there. It's great. Hold position, and then that. That's a dangerous ball inside the six and point blank. And you see 16-year-olds that'll come yeah. for that that shouldn't come for that. They yeah, they'll, 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 they'll get the smashed. And they'll and they get beat to the ball. Yeah. Instead, he's smart. Agreed. He's smart yeah. enough to hold his position. It's this, another great save. It's another great save. This is in the – and not only that, we're talking about – it's we're talking about U17 World Cup. Yes, it's a youth tournament, but it's still – if you're a 16-year-old kid, this mm-hmm. is a big deal to you. Absolutely. It's a big deal to you. And it's the, in the 90th minute extra time – and you haven't given up. A, you're, you've got a shutout going right now against Japan, and you know this point could be the difference between you guys advancing mm-hmm. to the next round or or not getting anything. And you come up with a save like this. Uh, for those of you guys watching, please go on YouTube and check this out. In the 90th minute, basically, there's a blast from distance by Wakatsuki. Um, I'm, I'm hoping I pronounced that right. Uh, Yamato Wakatsuki from uh, Japan, uh, from outside the box. I mean, it, it's from a little deep out there, top center of the goal, but it is moving. And he's got to, and you can see how disappointed uh, Yakasuki is right here because he thought he it's had good, that. It's a good, it's a good again going high on the keeper save. though. The you know, it's it's almost. <laughs> I don't want to cause too much controversy, yeah. but it's almost the same shot as Guzan faced in the. Ah, I agree. 
I agree. Hold on. Wait, are you, are you it's saying not, a 16-year-old? He doesn't have to move. And Look it, at his place. No, he's, but he's higher. He, yeah, that's deeper. true. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. was deeper. deeper, which means he had to cover more yeah. of the yeah. goal. Now, to he, be fair, he can be higher because he's 6'8". Correct. So, well. But, but... Playing against sixteen-year-olds, that ball can d- be that ball can lose velocity. Yeah. yeah. So that ball might not be as powerful as what. Oh, it's like a man. So man very true. Like, boop, very true. Right over him, so he can get caught off yeah. his line. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's that's, that's a, a grown man who's been doing this for. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, my gosh, man! But I mean, by the way, shout out to MLS academies starting to get these players to, to Europe like this. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, I think I think we have big things to to see from this kid. Absolutely. And, and by and the way, Damien's at Fulham too. So both the U17 keepers, there's Cervantes who's playing professionally in Orange County, but but Damien's at Le- at Fulham and this kid's at Leicester. I mean, this yeah. is Yeah. Yeah, that's huge, that's huge. awesome. That's that's exactly what we want to see as as people who want to see the US soccer and the US soccer system grow into what we know we all know it can become right. and we just got to figure out the ways to weed that out weed out what's ever happening between that and and the top level but I, what I would say and like you said you never know who's listening to a kid like this is just make sure you're always you're staying humble in this whole process right. and you're you're consistently using those opportunities that you're going to get to learn and to be the best that you can be because I mean there's you have so many physical attributes that so many goalkeepers wish they had and yes exactly and, uh, exactly and just and and we we all want to see you succeed and absolutely. grasp that that opportunity to its to its max potential yeah absolutely um Speaking of opportunities, I want to finish off this episode right here because we're we're running deep out of time. I mean, well, we've done two like hour episodes basically, so we've <laughs> we've uh, we've been filling the time here. Um, U.S. Men's National Team has done something I've never seen before. They've done a a pre-camp uh, before uh, before Nations League before their uh, rematch against Canada. Uh, to try to, to win that, that. It's maybe a good thing we didn't release that last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah it might, might be a good thing we didn't release that last episode. Somebody, uh, said, somebody up top was yeah, looking exactly. out they're for like, us. They're like, you know what? <laughs> you, we don't need to release that episode about U.S. soccer. Um, we didn't say anything bad about you, U.S. soccer, no, just never. so you know. We would never say anything negative about U.S. soccer. We were just disappointed, and we wanted to see more. Um, yes, but, uh, well put. This is an interesting thing. I, I, what I consider it is it's basically like, okay, it's all MLS players, and uh, their season's over, except for those who are playing in MLS Cup who, who are exempt from this camp, obviously. Um, we want to keep these guys sharp, and we want to really win that game against Canada. Like, we really want to win that game, and we want to get everybody on the same page. And because of that, we're getting some, some opportunities for some, some new faces. And uh, outside of Sean Johnson and Brad Guzan going into camp, uh, in this pre-camp, we got Matt Turner from New England Revolution, who... I love his story, personally. If you guys aren't familiar with Matt Turner, uh, Cody Cropper was expected to be the number one in New England for the foreseeable future. Matt Turner kind of came in as an afterthought. Uh, I think he'd been playing uh, for, like, the Richmond Kickers uh, in USL. And uh, he came in there, and, you know, Brad Friedel saw something in him when he was the, the manager yeah. over there and said, you know what, this guy's our one. Yeah. This is guy's our one. And, uh, Patrick, I know you love hearing stories like this. You know, what I really like about this um, situation altogether is I don't know I don't know if this if Turner gets a shot if Brad Friedel isn't the coach that's true I mean and how many times does this happen where where somebody who is such a great player that we've we've been uh, we've had this uh, this blessing of seeing how how well that he's done right. how many of these guys are falling between the cracks and <laughs> 
yeah, I'm gonna try to <laughs> no, try. I, I'm gonna try not to make this personal at all. But like, uh, this is such a great opportunity for him, and it is such a. It's so awesome to see somebody who you can tell. You can tell what this means to him. What what every game means to right. him, and what I, what really touches me when I watch watch him play and when I watch uh, like here, we got New some England play. We got play some highlights of Matt Turner right here. Is how much it means to the guys around him. Like you can tell how supported he is as a teammate and they don't do that for just for just anybody. Like that's not an expectation. You can tell that his players like love him and mm-hmm. want to see him succeed and think think he deserves it. I mean, that's what I see from the outside. I, I think one thing that Saskia was bringing up really great about Matt Turner in general is that his Overall game awareness is really, really high. Hyper focused. I mean, we were talking about that that one situation against NYCFC, where you saw him scrambling around in the box, but he wasn't frantic. He was finding the it, right position. It was it was so good. And I try. I want this clip to show it and show it to my keepers um, that I coach. The fact that he, you know, he came, he came out. Then he ha- the rebound happened, and then he closed the space and realized he wasn't going to get there. And instead of still running at them, trying to be big, like throwing, he gathered himself. He stayed light on his feet. He stayed big, and it was a great play. Yeah. He kept like he stopped from that that every time mistake that you're just like, oh my god, the rebound. I'm just going to go and I'm going to throw myself realize that you you're not going to win the 50 50 ball yeah it's almost it's almost like taking the ego out of it right Right. realize taking the ego out of that moment pure goalkeeping yeah and it was absolutely spot on correct and we we see that week in and week out from him which is exactly why he's being called up and not not to take anything at all away from sean and from brad because i mean we we all know you you are you have been doing your thing the right way and in a great way for a long time. So not to take anything away from those guys because we expect we mm-hmm. expect a certain level from you guys. Look, at this play. look, look, look. This is phenomenal. See, so he, yeah. he goes down, he saves the low ball, it pops forward. Not the greatest situation. But instead of just like making I always tell my goalkeepers, don't follow don't make you make one mistake, don't follow it by a second mistake. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So don't don't try to make up for bobbling the ball and it pass forward by then just like being dumb and just running at yeah. Like yeah. At, at the ball. Instead, he it was he's hyper focused. And if you guys he's sharp, you guys uh, out there who are, who are, who are um, listening to us, basically in the tenth minute, it's the NYCFC New England Revolution game. Find the highlights on YouTube, uh, and you're going to see this moment right here. That second ball spill, but the recovery. Uh, that's what excellent. a top class goalkeeper does. That's what a student of the game does. Absolutely, it's a it's a perfect way to put it. And. Uh, and he just stays with it. He yeah. doesn't give up. Yeah. That's yeah. that's another thing I love about him that I I don't love about a lot of goalkeepers Agreed. is they give up. Mm-hmm. And this is like <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a big thing because this this doesn't come just when you're in a game. This right. mentality that that's that's hours and hours of training that same mentality mm-hmm. of not giving up. And uh, man, but I think you said it great that you can tell by the way his players respond around him. But that's why. Yeah. Because that's the effort they see. And if it's the effort you see in this game, I'm sure it's in practice every day. That's and that's respect. You know where I think a lot of that hunger comes from, and then I think we need to wrap up the episode, is the fact that the guy played at Fairfield. He wasn't drafted. He had to, for a lack of a better term, you know, uh, start out his career at the lower levels mm-hmm. and, and just wait for his shot and wait for his shot and wait for his shot. And he had that hunger with him, and he knows that every single minute, 
you know, it it's could be blessing. taken away. Yeah. It's a blessing as opposed to some of these guys who've been, for lack of a better term, you know, privileged it's their spoiled. entire lives. And it's an expectation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they've played on the top academy team since I've been yep. 12 years old and yada, yada, yada. Not saying that there's not players out there who have great work ethic, who've been, pl- you know, who've got that pedigree too. But somebody like this has not been willing to take no as, as the answer um, because I'm sure he had a lot of no's. Um, and finally, you know, he's grabbing this opportunity. The fact that he got a national team call up after, you know, basically, you know, being a, for lack of a better term, brought in as cannon fodder. Cannon fire, yeah. You know, um, is that's a huge testament to his work ethic. Yeah. Well, you could see it, and so it. Yeah. Keep so an sh- eye on him. So shout sure. out to Matt Turner. Absolutely. We're looking forward to seeing what what happens with you. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off. No worries. Uh, one thing I want to add before we we wrap this up is, just because somebody brings you in as an afterthought doesn't mean that that's how you have to see yourself. And I think Matt Turner is a perfect example of not seeing himself as an afterthought. And and Westberg, too, he's brought in as maybe an afterthought to Bono yeah. to back him up. And he is, in my opinion, one of the top three or four best goalkeepers Absolutely. in MLS this season. Like, just because somebody says that to you or says that about you doesn't mean you have to accept that. Yeah. Like, not that they're my team, but think of it like Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Drafted yeah. like 190-something. And he'll go down as the greatest quarterback ever. Don't I don't want hate mail. From <laughs> okay, but I'm, I'm a Pats saying. fan, so I'm totally fine. Okay, with that. Like, Aaron Rodgers, come on. Right, on, on, <laughs> on that note, uh, that's been Inside the 18. I've been Michael. <laughs> Contact at InsideThe18Media.com if you have a topic suggestion or a guest suggestion. If you'd like to have Saskia back, please, please message us <laughs> so that I don't get berated from the last episode <laughs> uh, on the way that was said. Uh, and you can reach out to us at, at Goalkeeper Podcast on all platforms. Uh, Patrick, I think, is at P. McLean 24. Patrick McLean 24. Patrick McLean 24. Uh, all right, guys, that's it. Later. See ya. <laughs>